Welcome to the 52 Pearls Weekly Money Wisdom Podcast. I'm Melissa Joy, a certified financial planner and founder of Pearl Planning. And I'm Melissa Friedenberg, financial advisor with Pearl Planning. Pearl Planning is a financial planning and investment management company located in Dexter and Gross Point, Michigan. We work with clients all around the country. The purpose of our podcast is to explore specific financial topics and provide advice you can use in your everyday life. Welcome to another episode of 52 Pearls, the weekly money wisdom podcast. This is Melissa Freidenberg here in the Gross Point office. And today I am joined by Erica Galvin. Erica is a licensed therapist, the owner of Bloom Wellness Counseling. She has her undergrad in psychology and master's in social work from U of M. And her specialty is in maternal mental health and trauma recovery. So welcome, Erica. Thank you so much for joining us today. Hi, thank you for having me. We met a few weeks ago at an event, and I just loved your focus. Focusing on mothers, it's such an important specialty, and I feel obviously it's something near and dear to my heart, but I also feel that it's important to specialize in who you know your client's going to be when you're a yes. therapist, because it's hard enough when you feel like you need to pursue therapy, but to really know that somebody is going to specialize in a particular area and one like motherhood that just requires, I mean, I think it should be a requirement of motherhood to have a yes. therapist. Actually. Oh yes. <laughs> for sure. So, um, thank you so much for agreeing to do this. And today our topic is going to be motherhood and money mm-hmm. and um, just kind of combining our two focuses here. But I really wanted to have Erica on today to really address some of those things that come up specific to motherhood and surrounding money and finances. I really feel like we could probably talk about this for three or four hours, but we're going to try and keep it to about 20 or 30 minutes. So um, Erica, in your focus working in the area of motherhood, what are some of the common things that come up when it comes to money? So as we know, um, when, when we're preparing to be moms, we have all these ideas about what we think, what kind of mom we're going to be, what motherhood's going to look like for us. Of course, we're going to baby wear and breastfeed and <laughs> do all the right things and we're going to be the perfect mom. Um, but then our baby comes and things don't always go totally as planned. Um, so what we work on what are the issues that I see come up in therapy are just those transitions, right? The transition from being a person with a career to maybe needing maternity leave, maybe cutting back on work, going to part-time, maybe choosing to stay home. Um, And all of that kind of includes that money piece, right? And how do we navigate? How do we ensure that we're doing what's best for our children, what's best for our family? How do we make sure that we're giving them the best opportunities that we can give them? Um, And, you know, nobody really likes to talk about it, but all of that really money is a part of all of that. So for sure. And I like how you talk about the transition. So it's really a no-win situation. I've been on both sides, as have you, stay-at-home mom, working mom, and 
not specific to money, but I would say more specifically mom guilt, either decision, right? There's definitely upside, downside to both, but I think there's different money issues and it doesn't always have to do with money, but it has to do with that, making those decisions. Am I doing the best thing for my child? And I think most mothers, that's something you ask yourself almost every day. Yes. Multiple times a day. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. So And when it comes, it can be surrounding money as far as, you know, I I question my decision to stay home. Now, looking back, I've been back to work four or five years now, and it was the best thing for my family and for my children. But at the time, I didn't feel that way. I questioned every single day whether I was doing the right thing, whether I was setting a good example for my daughter. One, what you hit on too with that transition is, but you had this identity that was um, your working life. Yeah. And you, you know, at work, you get feedback, right? You get feedback from your bosses, you get compensated. So those are all little things telling you you're doing a good job. When you transition to being a mom, whether that's a stay at home mom or or working mom, we're not getting that feedback, right? We're not, we, we're not getting a lot of people saying, you're doing a great job. We're definitely not being compensated for our time, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of times what I talk to women about is like, they come and they're talking about, I just don't understand, right? Like, why can't I get this right? Why can't I be the mom that so-and-so is or that my neighbor is or my cousin or whoever, right? They're such a good mom. Why am I having such a hard time? But when we really get down to it, when we really look at the little pieces of this like job of motherhood, we're not getting that feedback of like, you're doing a good job. We're getting crying and yelling and a partner who is stressed out and we're stressed out, right? So it, it all makes sense that it's really hard. Yeah. Um, the idea that you're not getting compensated yeah. directly, right? For right. staying at home, you're not getting feedback except for oftentimes with little ones crying or whining. Yes. Yeah. I mean, a good day when I was a stay-at-home mom was like everybody ate what I cooked. Yes. People napped simultaneously when you have two or oh, more yes. at home. Everybody napped at the same time. I mean, that was like, I'm still alive, they're still alive. Yes. Everybody ate and everybody slept. Yeah. And so but that's not feedback. And my husband, I don't know that I knew at the time, but he appreciated what I did, but he was never like, Oh, great. Everybody ate their dinner and everybody slept and the house is like, okay. Like you don't get that feedback. (laughs) You're getting, I don't get a bonus based on, you know, whether the dishes are in the sink or in the dishwasher. Like there was no, there was always something to be done. The day was never done. And I like Mm -hmm. being busy, but that's Mm -hmm. a different kind of busy. Yes. It's a relentless kind of busy. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. And yeah. so I think that identity too of, and even for working moms, I mean, now I still am mom, like my phone could ring right now and it could be my kid's school. And if they're sick, mm-hmm. if somebody, you know, fell off a monkey bar at school, yes. that's on me. My husband will, I mean, he, he's been working from home for the last year because of COVID. He will help out, but I, it still seems to fall on the mom. So yeah, yeah. That's some that's something else that you know I talk with a lot about with my clients is like that weight of being the primary parent mm-hmm. and the all of the um invisible work 
the mental work that involved that's involved with being a mom, you know, and again, that it's none of it is paid, <laughs> you know, right. we, we're no, and, and most of it goes unseen and unnoticed, right? So like, how can we set boundaries around our time? How can we make sure that we're taking care of ourselves? How can we make sure that we're using the resources that we have to be kind of the best person for our kids, but the best person for ourselves, right? Because we matter too. For sure. Yeah. And I do feel, you know, as I said, every mom should probably have a therapist, myself yeah. probably included. We have friends at times that we rely on. Mm-hmm. I don't recommend mothers or mothers-in-laws. I mean, that's my yeah. personal thing <laughs> because things were always different back when we did it, right? So yeah. to have somebody yeah. to be able to bounce these things off of and get that you're doing a good job yes. kind of pep talk, as well as some ways to maybe take off some of that mental load that yes. we as mothers carry, I think it's just a great option for people um, if they can do that to take some time for themselves to really make sure that they're giving their children their best version of themselves, I would say. Yeah, yeah I think it's worth noting too that like self-care is like this buzzword now, right? Like, oh, you have to practice self-care and that's like getting your nails done or taking a bath or getting a massage. But what we really want to do is use our resources to create systems so that some of that load is being taken off of our shoulders, right? So maybe that does involve getting our nails done or getting a massage, but it's not something that we're doing when we're already stressed to the max, right? It's something that we're putting in place before we get push to our limits, right? Because it's really not self-care if we're just pushing, 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 pushing until we can't push anymore. And then we're trying to like put a band-aid on it. We want to put things in place, whether that's um, you know, childcare people to take care of things at the house, um, whether it is a massage, it's therapy anything that we're doing, we want to have those things in place so that we're never draining ourselves so that we're not trying to pour out of an empty glass all the time, but so that we have some reservoir. um, So that, and that that's what better message to give to our kids, right? Of like, I matter, (laughs) you know, and when you're a mom or when you're a dad, you're going to matter. And like, how beautiful would it be to have moms who took care of themselves, who take care of themselves in a healthy way so that they can be fully present for their kids? You know, I love that. Yeah. I definitely wish that I took care of myself a little bit. I mean, I just remember like if I, if I had an hour, if someone came in and was like, you have an hour to yourself, it's like, do I take a nap? Do I take a shower? Do I just go to the bathroom without a kid sitting on the floor watching? Like, I mean, those are like, I would just spin around for the first 20 minutes and Mm -hmm. then like figure out what I wanted to do. But, um, I think I'm going to bring this back to the money in this way, because I feel like if we look at, if there's a situation of a a partners, right. Mm -hmm. And one is doing the primary childcare and one is either, you know, doing the majority of the earning, mm-hmm. working different hours, yes. and maybe the other spouse is working, but maybe fewer hours. I see that a lot when yeah. it comes to women. We tend to, and, and myself included, even when I went back to work, it was fewer hours so that I could yep. still do some of the childcare and pick up and drop off and such. Mm-hmm. So in that case, 
there's only so much time in the day. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes I see moms are overwhelmed because there's always something to do, whether it's yeah. shopping or cooking or picking up or dropping off or um, running errands, whatever it may be, but to really schedule in that time for yourself and without judgment. So if that time yes. is getting a pedicure or a massage, mm-hmm. or if that time is wandering around with a Starbucks in Target and just, yeah, you know, touching curtains and I'm using this as like what I would do with my time. <laughs> like, <laughs> yes. Every time I do, it's like my hobby. It's like, yeah. oh, God, look at stuff. But <laughs> that can't be judged by a parent, a family member, right. a friend. It's what you, what makes you feel relaxed and good. If you want to just go sit with a book in your closet with the door shut and like, you know, music playing, whatever makes you happy to really take that time and do something for yourself. I think there needs to be like autonomy in that, like, this is, here's a time. And if you, for a spouse, if you want to go golfing, if you want to go meet a buddy with your time outside of work without kids that's fine for you. And then not to judge either way, right? If my time is used to do whatever I find when it comes to money and relationships and dividing that as well, it's the same thing. You have X amount of extra money that can go towards those things, whether it's Mm -hmm. junk at Target, you don't need getting your nails done or Mm -hmm. a golf weekend with boys, you know, once or twice a year, that should not be judged, right? That should be your time, his time to really do those things that help you reset or spend money on things that you want that are Mm -hmm. extra. That feel really, yeah. I mean, that is that autonomy and spending and that autonomy and time and how you use that to recharge is something if all couples could do that without judgment, Mm -hmm. that I think there'd be a lot, um, more happy marriages. Yeah. Well, also like something again that I talk with clients about is like we teach people how to treat us, right? So if we have this mindset of, well, I just stay home or I just work 20 hours a week. So I don't really deserve, you know, to go on a girls' weekend or to get my nails done or to get a massage or whatever, right? Like, well, I should really be cleaning the house myself. I can do it you know? Um, but we teach people how to treat us. So if that's what we believe, if we believe that we only deserve these like crumbs, that's what we're going to get. Whereas if we allow our spouses to meet our expectations, right? If we say, no, I deserve to have a girl's weekend too, or I deserve to have this weekly, um, appointment or whatever that makes me feel good, then we're allowing them to show us that they can give that to us, right? Versus living in this like scarcity mindset of, well, he never lets me or he always complains or whatever. Well, have we really set the boundary of like, this is what I expect. This is the way I expect to be treated because I'm deserving of love and respect, right? And then our partners can meet us there, right? Versus like, well, I don't know if I deserve that or am I making sense? (laughs) Yeah, no, absolutely. And again, I say my advice that I am sharing is from my own mistakes. I didn't ask for things when my kids, my kids were 18 months apart. They're 11 and 12 now. So they're much more self-sufficient. 
I actually have to go seek them out sometimes for attention. Like I'm like, yeah. Hey, how was your day? I'm like that annoying mom, but I, it's been some time now, but I remember those days where it's mom, 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 and, and you don't get a break. And I wish that I had asked for more free time or, you know, and it's not even free time. I think my husband did a good job. It was like, do you want to go to the zoo? Do you want to do like when he worked so many hours during the week on the weekend and those things were good. We definitely need to have family time, but it also involved me like anticipating snacks and who's yes. going to eat when, and all that mental mm-hmm. load of like, or vacations were another one, right? Oh, like, yes. Oh, we could just do like a VRBO. Well, that mm-hmm. means I'm going to have to make everything. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Or maybe we should just stay at the hotel where they can bring room service, you know, yeah. like what, what's going to be easiest. And it's always, not always, but I would say a majority of moms are putting their kids needs first. Like, well, yes. are they going to be able to nap and who's going to sleep where, and what kind of rollout mm-hmm. cribs do they have? And it's not always a vacation. So it's just get- parenting in a different city. <laughs> yes. Moving the show yes. someplace else, which sometimes mm-hmm. is more stressful. So yeah. I wish that I had asked for those girls weekend. That was one thing I never, I always felt guilty about and I never did. Mm-hmm. Um, it is so again, as far as like bringing it back to mom, motherhood and money, whether it's mm-hmm. working moms, stay at home moms, I think the one thing that both sides probably have in common is if there is extra money or time, yes, that it's allocated to children first and mm-hmm. then spouse, mm-hmm. and we're kind of the last one that gets whatever drip drops are left, right. Yeah. So I love what you're saying of sort of scheduling those in, penciling those in, and yeah. from my standpoint, budgeting that in. Yes. Yes. And budget. yes. And just another um, mention of like that the self care needs to be like built into our every day, right? So we need to make sure that we're taking the time, spending the money on things that are going to be restorative and nourishing to ourselves. So maybe that is a meal service. Maybe that is, you know, a membership to some type of gym or fitness program or whatever. And that's, again, the focus doesn't need to be like, oh, I need to lose weight. I got to look great, whatever. But just like, what makes you feel good? What makes you feel like you again? Because so many of us lose that or at least a part of it when we, when we enter motherhood. Yeah. People tell you random strangers in the grocery store or mm-hmm. family members that have been down the road before. And I'm probably guilty of that now. I'm one of those people that's like, Oh, enjoy it. It goes so fast. But yes. <laughs> if I had only known that I would get my identity back. And so I think it was the idea of like, when am I ever going to get this identity back mm-hmm. after the transition to motherhood? Because it's so demanding those first couple of years, regardless of whether you're working or not working or married or single. I mean, it is, Mm -hmm. there's obviously different challenges, but it is very demanding. But the idea that it comes to an end and that I get to be Melissa or Erica again, as opposed to mom, 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 (laughs) that that would have helped my mental state then. And I don't know if you can convey that to people in therapy, but it will get better. Yes. But these ideas, if you can have like a little, whether it's daily, weekly, monthly, whatever it is to refresh and feel that identity again. Yeah. And recognizing that that's an investment, right? Like, just like we invest for our retirement, for our kids' college, all of those things, 
it's an investment in ourselves so that we can be present for our kids longer, right? And we can be present in a full, um, loving way, not just in this like shell of a human. We don't deserve that. But I think that's the standard, right? That's the standard of motherhood a lot of times in our society um, to be the martyr, to be the all giving. And really, you know, I guess my message here is like, you deserve to be invested in whether that's money or time, right? Resources, you deserve resources. And that you taking those resources is actually beneficial to your children. Yes, absolutely. I do want to touch on to um, something that I see as a financial advisor, especially focusing on working with women. Unfortunately, many times when I start working with women, it's in the case of a divorce. So things have gone downhill. I do work with happily married couples or couples that are struggling to come together on their finances. What I have noticed is, unfortunately, there are cases where I see where the relationship was almost financially abusive, right? Mm -hmm. So not physically abusive, but withholding money or guilting moms, especially, again, working and not working into this is our budget. We've got to save for this. We've got to do this, whether it's buying a bigger house or Mm -hmm. taking a vacation or car or retirement. And there is no money for you, basically saying Mm -hmm. like, even if you work, I see this where mothers work and they're contributing, even in cases where it's almost equal contributions, Mm -hmm. but there's no money for you. Or uh, I've also seen it of like a mother maybe wanting to step back from some responsibility at work and maybe like take a pay cut. And well, that's not, that's not an option, right? Because we can't do that when it should at least be a discussion, you know? Right. And, and the idea of childcare is so expensive. Mm -hmm. I think that's the, that's one of the biggest stumbling blocks to motherhood. And again, it's, daycare if you're working, right? Yes. And if you're not working, it's the idea of like, if you are going to do these restorative things to, for self-care, the cost of that yeah. is not nothing. You know, the, the cost of a sitter, and then usually you don't really find somebody that's going to come for two hours a day. Right. The guilt that surrounds that. But I do mm-hmm. think that it is almost a financially abusive situation where there is no money in the budget for that. Yes. For yes. Yes. To not include that or not think that that's necessary because a spouse is staying home or working part-time is definitely something I come across that I have even seen in cases where both spouses work, where the husband takes care of the finances. And I'm going to admit on this podcast that when I was a stay-at-home mom, my husband's also in this industry and I let him take care of everything Mm -hmm. because again, that mental load of like, I knew when everybody, you know, was going to eat and when they were going to nap and when they had doctor's appointments, but I couldn't tell you what was even in my own 401k. Yeah. So this is something that I also did. And now I try to get women to not do as I did. (laughs) Right. Yes. (laughs) You can still let your husband take care of it. If one, or, you know, if one person's better at a certain thing than another. Yeah. But that doesn't mean you don't have access to it. Right. Yes. And I, and that, you know, with domestic violence, we, or spousal abuse, intimate partner abuse, 
we typically think, oh, it's, well, he's not hitting me or he's not hitting the kids. This is fine. But really it's all about that power and control Mm -hmm. and um, bringing awareness again to the fact that your contributions to the family, even if they're not monetary, are valued and valuable. And would your partner be able to make the advances in their career if they did not have you to be with the kids or to be managing lunches and daycare and pickups and you know, grandparents and all of that. So that's another thing that we can, you know, kind of discuss of like, yeah, you're not maybe bringing a paycheck or maybe your paycheck is not um, the same amount as your partner, but you are bringing value to the family and actually value that can't even be, you can't even put a number on it. Recognizing your worth. Yes. I love the term worth, what it is you're doing, even if it seems mundane of laundry or having clean clothes or picking up dry cleaning or going to the bank or whatever it may be, um, or getting up in the middle of the night for people that have babies. Yes, That's Mm -hmm. a huge thing, depriving yourself of sleep. And we can think about how that allows our partners to advance their careers, right? So maybe during this young childhood phase, um, this phase of parenting young children, I'm not bringing in as much, but the contributions that I'm making to our family are allowing you to bring in more. Yeah. Right. And I do, I mean, I see that um, myself. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then I also see it, you know, with clients who, whether it's approaching retirement and they're happily married and you look at one 401k versus the other, fewer hours worked. So oftentimes, I mean, there's, there's definitely a wage gap that happens based on gender, but in addition to working with that, the motherhood factor of whether it was taking time off or stepping back or passing a promotion at work, absolutely, right. Maybe you don't want additional responsibility because of that mental load Mm -hmm. as a mother. And so you're willing to just not advance your career in order to maintain your mental health, which I don't judge at all, um, yes. but that at the yeah. end of the day, that's, you know, you may have passed up stock options. You may have mm-hmm. passed up a higher salary that would mean, you know, bigger amounts being saved into your retirement plan. So that is something um, that is definitely a factor in that difference between what men and women yes. earn. Mm-hmm. And I think it's something that we don't spend a lot of time talking about. And the other thing to look at though is, that, the, that our legal system does actually look at that time that you put in as a stay-at-home mm. parent um, when it comes to dividing assets. There's an equalization there. And the idea of half of everything, everything that you earned, saved yeah. and earned during our marriage, whether I worked or not, whether we made the same yes. or not, is technically mine. So mm-hmm. I really think when a couple works as a team, even if one's doing more of the childcare, it can work, but it has to be that recognition of the person staying home or stepping back, knowing their worth in that relationship Mm -hmm. or you're not equal in the relationship. Yeah. And that kind of brings up that whole, like, what's our money mindset, you know, and um, what messages did we receive from our parents growing up was, was there uh, like a scarcity mindset in the home where 
so I'll have people who say like, we always had everything we needed. We lived in a nice house, you know, but my parents were always fighting about money or they were always talking about money. And I always had this feeling that there wasn't enough money. So we can kind of look at that. Like how do those relationships, how did our parents and their behaviors, right? Good and bad. (laughs) How did they shape us into who we are today? And like, how has it affected our um, ability to invest in ourselves or our um, willingness to put some resources into ourselves versus living in that like scarcity, there's never enough type of thing. Um, And also like thinking, is this mindset serving me anymore? Like, do I still need to be in that frame of mind of, there's never enough. And if there's never enough, then there's certainly not enough for me. Right. right. Um, How do so we get like, from that scarcity mindset to mm-hmm. the abundance mindset? Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and that's again, not, not talking to only people who have X amount of assets, right? We it's, it's a shift in our thinking more than a shift in our bank account. Um, right. But it is a privilege too. Certainly, you have studies show that you you know money doesn't buy happiness. But if you're not making a living wage, then some of those resources are not available, and that's a reality. But do we want to be the person that's well? I'll be happy when right, or do we want to learn ways to? increase our contentness now because we're not going to be happy all the time. Suffering is a part of the human condition, right? But can we weather that? And can we, um, yeah, live in more of a state of contentness? I love that. Can we live in a state of contentness? And I do, like I said, I see the value of what you do. So let's talk about who needs to reach out to you and who may need your services. So yeah. pretty much anybody. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So, <laughs> yeah. Yes. Anybody can benefit from it, but what is the best way for people to get a hold of you? If they're listening to this podcast and they want to really, you know, kind of explore what we've talked about today and be their best self for their children. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So my website is um, www.bloomwellnessmi.com. And Perfect. And I know I follow you on Instagram. Even if yes. you don't think you need therapy, I highly recommend following Erica on Instagram at, at bloom.well.mama. And um, certainly get some good tips, even if you don't necessarily want to reach out for individual therapy at this point. And you do offer virtual, right? So when people reach out to you, I love that option, especially for busy moms. So Um, yeah, so virtual anywhere in Michigan. So my license is based in Michigan. Um, And then on my website, there's the link for a free consultation. So if you just, even if you're just considering it, like, oh, I'm not sure if, that's really something that would work for me. Let's chat and we can kind of go from there and no, no judgment or no um, bad feelings. If you decide that it's not. (laughs) That's great. And so, yes, definitely reach out and uh, I will link both the Instagram as well as your website in the show notes. 
Thank you. Any last kind of parting advice or anything you want to touch on? Yeah, I would just say like maybe reflecting on how are we investing in ourselves as women, as mothers, and like where is there maybe room for improvement? And like, are we letting ourselves get to that place where it feels like, oh, I can barely get any further? Are we letting ourselves get burnt out? And what can we kind of put in place to support ourselves? Because we deserve it. I love that. We deserve it. Know your worth. You deserve it. Whatever that it is, and there's no judgment, figure it out what it is that you need. Communicate it with your partner and make space for it financially as well as just time and Mm -hmm. make time for yourself so that you can be the best mom. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Erica. I really appreciate you spending time with us today. And I'm so excited for this episode. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. You can access our first two seasons of this podcast on our website at www.pearlplan.com or on Spotify. If you're interested in learning more about Pearl Planning, feel free to sign up for our newsletter also found on our website.